0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the consumer goods space in the beverage industry. As you guys all know, one of my favorite spaces to be in. And today on the podcast is Brad Schultz. And Brad is the co-founder, CMO, CXO, C-whatever-O of (laughs) Beatbox Beverages. Brad, it is so awesome to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. And that's quite the intro. Thanks for (laughs) having me here.
1: (laughs) I'm excited. I, I really love the beverage industry. And I mean... I, you guys have such a great offering and a really cool story. And I think our listeners are going to just love hearing, you know, kind of where you guys have come from and where you're going. So let's dive into this. So, okay, you're a digital marketing guy by background, right? So, how did you get into the consumer goods space? You're a brand guy and digital marketing guy. How did you decide to get into consumer goods? And then, how did you decide to do beverages here at Beatbox?
0: That's, yeah, it, it really is this kind of crazy path, but, you know, it started from, I was a digital media background and born in the first generation to really be brought up on a computer. I remember having a PC and being online at 12 years old. So um, we were kind of the first generation to uh, have technology in our households like that. And so um, my path to beverages was really organic in the fact that, you know, we were just always hosting parties, having beverages. It was more of a lifestyle of ours of um, getting people together. Uh, having fun and, and drinks were always a part of that. Of course. So,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love that. Well, and you live and, in Austin, Texas, which is like the capital for everything music and entrepreneurship. I mean, like, and it's one of the booming technology spots, right? So, what a great place to get started.
0: Yeah, it really is. And you know, I've been here for about five years now, and I swear, year over year, the change is remarkable, and people are really uh, here to do things differently, and so. What better place to start a, a disruptive beverage company than than Austin, Texas?
1: <laughs> I think it's really cool. Okay, so you decide you're going to get into the startup space. How did you decide beverage, and then how did you decide it would be you know Beatbox?
0: Yeah. So me and a fellow co-founder here, Justin, um, had always been speaking about business opportunities. We were entrepreneurs through and through, and so we actually got started on a project before beatbox that was in the mobile game space and it's a far removal from from beverage alcohol but we, we we had an idea and it really wasn't a passion play it was more of hey the app store is coming digital there's so much money to be made let's just put out a product and so didn't really have a true passion for the industry and uh ended up failing miserably wow. <laughs> on, on that de- on that wow. development lost money lost time but what we realized along the way was, hey, we could get together and come up with an idea and take it to market. And with that learning, literally we're at a bar one night where, where most great ideas come from, right? <laughs> right. And we're sitting around, we're, we're in our mid twenties drinking a bottle of red wine and we're, everyone's a little bit sleepy. And you know, I look over at Justin, and I'm just like, dude, this is so boring. Right. Like, we're in our twenties, there's these new beverages popping up left and right. Why is nobody disrupting wine? Why is wine so boring? Yeah, and it was a little bit of a joke. So we were like, all right, we're going to caffeinate this wine. We're going to call it Wineergy. We're <laughs> going to start. We start riffing <laughs> off of puns. We're like, yeah, call a cab and Zinfandel and Sauvignon Blanc out. <laughs> completely <laughs> jokes, getting the getting the table going, and you know, we it was it was kind of one of those moments where we're like, okay, this what is this? Because we kept talking about it. And it came to head when Justin got into the graduate school at uh, University of Texas. And I came and visited him out here, and just saw Austin and how many startup CPG brands were around. And we were uh, another night of drinks, again, market research at the time, but (laughs) um, yeah. And uh, we were talking about that crazy wine idea. And we were like, well, you know what? Boxed wine is at every party that we go to. And that stuff sucks. It's, it's and at right, the time, we were, right. people aren't buying it for, for, the, for the chillable red or whatever kind of grapes are in those. They're buying it for that experience of sure. having that five liters and bringing it to a party. And so at the same time, we were seeing brands like Mike's Hard Lemonade and Four Loco. And we were starting to see these new brands pop up. We saw this big trend that, hey, our, our consumer, our friends were looking for new kinds of alternatives. They weren't drinking the same stuff that their parents drank. And so we were like, all right, well, what if we combined a Mike's Hard Lemonade or a Four loco and a boxed wine? Pretty and that amazing was like idea. the light bulb moment. It was a, it literally was, you know, they talked about that light bulb moment. And uh, that was it right there. And we're like, that's it. Uh, that's a huge cool. idea. And so with literally no experience in the alcohol industry, other than drinking a lot of it, <laughs> we got started. Um, that's pretty awesome. If anyone, you know, I'm sure you know this from your experience in the beverage industry. It is, uh, it is a minefield. And uh, No question, it's very complex. So yeah, let's dive was, into uh, some
1: of that. So cool story. You're at you know you decide you're going to start this business, Box Wine. For those that haven't checked out beat, Beatbox Beverages or seen them on Shark Tank, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, so so you have the idea, and cool, we're going to you're going to make a better product than it exists today. Which I I love that idea. How did you go from there to you know figuring out things like? Packaging, like making the actual product and whatnot. Talk about some of the key decisions in that that part of the process.
0: Yeah, well, I was very, very fortunate to be at the time uh, working with uh, a really remarkable CEO. He's actually the founder of Calm, uh, the mindfulness app, uh, oh, and he, he he put me onto this um, new emerging trend, which is now ubiquitous, but the lean startup.
1: Yeah, basically, absolutely. there's a book
0: by Eric. That's Reece a great book. And it was it really was a game changer there because you know when you have this idea as an entrepreneur you you picture the finished product on the shelf
1: of course and, <laughs> of course
0: and what you don't realize is the amount of time dollars and potentially just not not a market fit the idea that you have in your head might not be something that people want to pay for so the book teaches you this process of how do you what's the minimum viable product they call it what's the quickest cheapest way that you can test. If your idea is good. Sure. So we took that to heart and just said, all right, well, fuck it. <laughs> 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 Bring it. Know, giving you, giving you the accuracy here. That's right. What we like, okay. we emptied, so we literally took franzia bags, <laughs> emptied them out, mixed this concoction of crystal light and vodka. and oh Exactly what God. we pictured it tasting. Like put neon stickers over the boxes and right. just literally brought them out to parties. Um, wow! And, and, and did testing and literally on the spot, people were trying to hand us these twenty dollars bills. we like, word. okay, this is this is something good. We, we have something here. People want this. Suddenly, people would give us feedback. Hey, you know, slap the bag is so big. You guys should put a sticker on the bag. We're like, yeah, that's a great
1: idea. Great idea. So
0: suddenly, this early feedback became our template or our our design um, of what we knew we wanted to make. So we ended up. Uh, kind of steering towards a path of something that everybody liked. And we knew that when we came out with it, people would want to buy right away. So, um, you know, we, with that, we went to, we found a beverage law firm, sure. uh, Lairman Beverage, and they helped steer us into this direction. The whole
1: process, yep.
0: It was not easy. I, w- I will tell you that half of the things that we wanted to do we either illegal or just <laughs> right.
1: Well, Right. I mean, because I mean, it, it's one thing if it's a carbonated soft drink, right? But when you're in the liquor, beer, wine space, the distrib- distributor model, etc., it's a little more challenging. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. So like, we what were some... Of the, I have to ask, I'm sure everyone's like, well, what was... You wanted to do that was kind of illegal and whatnot. So what were some <laughs> of the ideas that were like a no-go? <laughs> sure.
0: Well, it started initially, and this is just... It was a great learning lesson of, okay... This path is this is gonna happen more and more. But from the get go, during the process, um, caffeinated alcohol, prepackaged caffeinated alcohol became illegal. So literally what you saw in the market during the time was four loco had to recall every single can that was on the shelves <laughs> and Not re- go to market right, exactly. And so with a name like Winergy, that wasn't really gonna work, this whole caffeinated product. Right. So, Instantly, we were faced with, okay, time to pivot. Right. Pivot or die is really right. kind of the, the two uh, two options here. And so we ended up going with the name Boombox. Okay, well, great name. Awesome. We loved it. We had a yeah. logo designed.
1: Yeah, we the boxes look like it a too. Somebody owned the
0: trademark. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody owned the trademark. Oops,
1: so no, that's a mistake.
0: <laughs> ended up finding <laughs> the guy, he made him an offer, and he, he actually ended up turning it down said, hey, here's a percentage of the company. Let us just run this business. So had to change your name again. Then the laws between Texas and um needing distribution and and just literally we had we found ourselves having to build what we call what's what was technically a winery. We had eight hundred square feet in warehouse space in Austin with tanks and tubes running everywhere and found ourselves having to make the stuff ourselves.
1: So <gasps> and package it so yourself. It's a lot it was very manual packages- at first. Wow.
0: Yeah, oh very.
1: very and so funny. where were you selling at first? Like how did you how did you sell it first? What cuz you were doing tastings and things, right? Wasn't that how you were initially going to market?
0: Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, we with that 800 square feet, I mean, it looked like a scene out of Breaking Bad, right? There were tubes <laughs> running everywhere and right. we were making this blue stuff, we just had one it, flavor. Yellow. And we um, you know, one one lesson and two was just the power of networking and so we went out with this idea and just kept telling everybody about it and somebody knows somebody in the business and people are always willing to give you some free advice of course so we had some great some great people like tito from tito's vodka oh, wow. big christopher of deep eddie vodka all austin locals yeah and literally you know just whether it's just quick you know one minute quips or sit downs with in conversations i mean it, it just people have been opened up so much in their experience so we kind of got steered in the right direction, and really it it um we were growing it locally, and by chance uh, we were given a presentation at University of Texas. Justin was on behalf of the entrepreneurship program there, and after somebody comes up to us, this guy, uh older gentleman, and he says, You know I think I can help you boys out
1: and really
0: <laughs> Alan Dreben, he's the chairman of a Republic National, an $8 billion wow. alcohol conglomerate. Wow. And he hands us his card and we didn't even know
1: who, who that was. Hey, Alan, we'll follow you, we go back we'll you sometime.
0: And, yeah, <laughs> Google it. We go on LinkedIn. We're like, holy geez, this guy. <laughs> he he really brought us in to his team. He said, hey, look, this is the future of beverage. This is where the market's going. He's got. Sure. We didn't know anything. So he really helped us um, tweak the packaging. He got us into some local stores and... From there, it was just hard work to sell them out. So like you said, we were doing demos. We were bringing it to parties. We were doing everything we possibly could um, with the limited funds that we had. To get this
1: thing uh, sold, well, I, and that's and it's that early stage stuff. That, you know, everyone expects it to be easy. Or you know, when you see a company like yours, and now you're in stores and out there and and whatnot. And you, you know, people often think, yeah. "Can I go straight to that <laughs> instead of <laughs> do all the upfront stuff?" But um, right. Hey, listen, one of the early things that you guys got to do, and I I can't wait to explore this or unpack this with you, but you know, was to go on to shark tank and and work with Mark Cuban and, and kind of work through (laughs) um, a partnership with him. Right. And so, you you know, I've had a couple other folks on that have been on shark tank and different experiences and different stories. Share your story. How did you guys get on the show? And then uh, was it helpful? How did it, how did it pan out for you guys?
0: Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, no. let me tell you, nowhere in our business plan did it say, okay, year two, we're going on <laughs> right. Shark Tank, 10 million people <laughs> right. getting a million dollars from Mark Cuban. Right. I mean, that exactly.
1: Wasn't on there. Amazing.
0: Uh, it really, it, it came very organically in the fact that we were starting to see traction. We we got into some, some chains, we got into HEB here in Texas, and the sell-through was phenomenal. Uh, but to fund the growth, we needed capital. So we were basically out of money, uh, couldn't go to our friends and family anymore. Hey, and, and, and sh- really knew we needed.
1: To- and you know what, Brad, <laughs> yeah. pause there for just a second. So, not everyone sure. understands why or how, why that would be the case because, you know, in yeah. on, on one hand, you're selling through, right? You're selling a lot of product, but you're out of money. Right. So, explain the, the gap that exists in like, you know, pr- product that's out, but you haven't been paid for it, et cetera, and, and kind of where the ch- attention yeah. comes in.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, most consumer products, goods companies at the start are not profitable. So exactly. what they're investing in is to build brand equity. And so to get their name out there, to build a customer, um, to, to expand into new territories. And just you know from specific timing, we lay out cash for inventory. So we'll need to buy goods anywhere from 90 to 120 days before the time it takes from to produce those goods. And to sell them to a distributor, and then to sell that for the distributor to sell them to the retailer, and then for that cycle to go and us to collect. So there's quite a bit of time from when you first put that cash out to fund your inventory to when you're actually collecting it on the back end. And so um, that's Thank that's you. kind of the, the model there.
1: So you're you're facing that challenge. You're trying to grow. You've got an interested retailer. You want to do more, but you're kind of limited fund fund wise. So how did exactly. the shark tank opportunity come about
0: yeah so we i mean huge fans of the show and i think anybody with any kind of entrepreneurial spirit is as well <laughs> sure. so we would watch it time and time and just never never imagined that i'd be standing there so we we came to them, we're like you know what shark tank is everything that all of our friends and all you know it's let's just give it a shot now hundred hundred thousand companies not? every year apply for a hundred slots so they say, you have a better chance of getting into Harvard randomly than going on the show, <laughs> wow. let alone to land a deal. But we said, no, you know, let's go for it. And so we hit up everybody that we knew, searched through LinkedIn for producers and went to the castings and hit it from every single angle, uh, filmed a video here in Austin uh, and just sent it in. And sure enough, we got into this rounds of casting and, you know, the, the things that you don't see as a, <laughs> on the show that are behind the scenes are there's months of casting that right. every It's not just on automatic. To, <laughs> right. right. No, no, no. They're like, all right, you're in a pool of about 5,000. Now, now we're, now the gauntlet begins. Oh my God. So every week you have a call with the producers, you're updating them on the business. And now at the same time, we're trying to run the business here. Right. So <laughs> it's not, not the easiest, but we started getting closer to the potential date where they fly you out to LA and we're like, you know what, we might have a chance here. So, um, when finally got a call that said hey you guys are going to come film and then it was on we're like we have to give this everything so um we over prepared i would say i don't know i don't want to spoil it for your listeners but we ended up walking with a pretty big deal so right. to get there though <laughs> we knew you know we we over prepared we studied t- like just insane amounts uh, we would film ourselves
1: right practicing up, answering it, it, questions and things yeah,
0: like that because it's one thing to have a good answer in a in a meeting face to face. Right. But it's another when you're gonna be televised to 8 and it's million people. So
1: Yeah, no question. And it's
0: recorded and, and it is all real. What you see in there, you know, is absolutely real. Sharks don't know anything about you. They don't know they have your name and your company name. And during that process, they're trying to figure you out, trying to figure your business out. They're trying to figure out, do I wanna work with this person? So um a lot of factors there. And we were actually in there for about an hour and a half and they edited it down to that nice little eight minutes or so. They picked the best parts. a (laughs) lot. Yeah, exactly.
1: Wow. That's pretty awesome. So out of that, you come, you you have a deal with Mark Cuban. Um, how was that? Did that help you guys? And in what ways did that partnership help? And the funding, of course, like, did that accelerate your, your ability to do more?
0: It absolutely did. And, uh, You know, with that, uh, it—I would not change a thing about Shark Tank because it was just incredible, personally and for—and for this business. I mean, it shined just a huge light on what we were doing, Um, and so still, we—we get walked out. People say, "Hey, I saw you guys on Shark Tank," or, you know, this is that product. So, so from a um, from a brand awareness standpoint, it was so incredible. The thing we didn't anticipate and we didn't know was how many opportunities it would open up that potentially weren't the right opportunities for us. I mean literally when the night the show aired, we had every single distributor, every single retailer, we were flown out to Walmart's headquarters. Wow. They were saying how fast can we how fast can we put you into 3000
1: Walmart. Oh my gosh. And,
0: and we, you know, with three three of us, three co-founders in our 20s and an intern <laughs> we were just like, yes, we were eyes wide open.
1: Yes, we'll we send like, it right out of this. Austin.
0: <laughs> and right. And and most people don't realize, hey, if you get an opportunity to be on a shelf, you'd think you would say yes, or you would could never envision yourself turning down sales opportunities. But we had to learn the hard way that sometimes you have to, to execute a strategy. Um, and so I would say we kicked our coverage a little bit and made a lot of mistakes. Fortunately, we were... Able to persevere, but um, you know, I will say this thing about Shark Tank is that it does not make your business a success. So right, right. Um, you know, it will it will give you a lot of attention, sure, but it will not make your business a success. Yeah, no,
1: that's interesting. Well, I and I appreciate that. And sure I know our listeners will as well. So here we are today. Um, you're about almost eight years in. Well, that's pretty amazing. Um yeah. since you guys started. It's scary. Yeah, it's pretty that's exciting <laughs> though. So um, what's the big focus for the upcoming year? You know, you guys have got a number of incredible flavors and whatnot, and I love your tagline: "The world's tastiest portable party punch." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, thank you. That was. Yeah, love the flavors and whatnot—pink lemonade, blue raspberry, fruit punch, etc. So, where are you guys today? What's kind of the next big thing for you guys?
0: Yeah, uh, I appreciate that, and um, that that name was actually given to us by Rob Deerdeck. Oh, really? Uh, of MTV <laughs> fame, who is an investor, and advisor, and mentor, and all-around great guy, but. Um, yeah, you know what? The thing with Beatbox now—it's still that same insight that our generation and and now future generations, which are turning 21, scary enough, uh, are going to be drinking things differently. They're not going to be looking for the same products and brands from these from these big companies. They're going to be looking at what's emerging, and so we are take with with distribution knowledge now in house. We've got an incredible team behind us. I mean, we've I don't know how we assembled this team of people uh, that are just have founded great companies in the space as well. But we're all working together. We've got world class distribution partners. And now we're able to see these new emerging trends, um, new product categories come up other than boxed wine. And we're going to attack those and say and go from being a, a great one product brand to a great company of portfolio of beverages, absolutely designed for these next generation drinkers.
1: That's pretty awesome. And so, I'd say innovation would be a big part of that. Then,
0: definitely, definitely.
1: So, um, you know, last but not least, I'd love to to ask. What have been some of the biggest mistakes and challenges. And you've shared a lot of those, especially in the early days. But as maybe as you've grown, maybe the last couple of years, and you've been growing in new markets, new retailers, etc. Like, what have been two or three of the big challenges you've had to face and, and learn from as an entrepreneur?
0: Yeah. Um, there's been a lot. So I don't know how long you have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I picked two or three.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, if I could sum it all up, it would be that the things that got you to where you are now are not necessarily the things that are going to help grow you in the ah, future. Interesting. Um, and so, you know, there's, they talk about these hurdles in the industry of going from, you know, going from zero to 10,000 cases or zero to a hundred thousand dollars. It takes a certain set of skills, take a certain expertise. But as you go up in scale, uh, you really need to retool, re-equip, sometimes reevaluate how and how you're doing things. And so we've had to do that uh, along the way. And, um, I would just say, you know, the constant, the constant need for, um, input and uh, another, uh, another thing too, is to we waited a little bit too long to bring some in-house expertise. And whatever you're, yeah. So, um, we basically were out there recreating a wheel and and in a lot of industries, it's okay to be disruptive and it's it's good to not have necessarily be set in your old ways. But what we didn't appreciate was the fact that the alcohol industry is very nuanced. And so for us to go navigate, I mean, state by state regulation and national distribution and all these different sure. things, uh,
1: others have done it,
0: but it re- yeah, definitely. So what I would say to any entrepreneur is find somebody who's having success in your industry sure. that you're trying to go into and find a way to align them. Now, we were, were blessed where um, a guy by the name John Potts came in. He was the national sales manager at Deep Eddie Vodka. Oh, a building brand from, right
1: now. My gosh, they're oh, just on yeah. fire they right had, now.
0: Exactly. And, and they sold to Heaven Hill Spirits for $500 million. So they grew out of Austin. And he he took a look at us and he's like, you guys have the passion, you've got the drive, you've got the idea, but you're in an industry that is, uh, you, you know, is archaic to a degree. And there's a lot that you guys don't know. So he actually made an investment and uh, worked with us uh, as an advisor. And so I would say to anybody, find an advisor in your space that can help you navigate, um, navigate the world.
1: I think that that's you're trying cute. to. That's compete such in. a great, yeah. You know, I think sometimes people get stuck in the mindset of I've got to do it myself. I don't, don't want to, you know, I want to keep it. I don't know that I want to talk to a competitor or someone that might take my idea. But sometimes you could go partner with the right company that's already solved a channel or a market, and it could be a really solid thing in terms of growing or accelerating your growth. Right? I mean, that's
0: absolutely, especially in your space. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one thing that we subscribe. It's like talk it into existence.
1: Exactly. Um, no, and really what you'll
0: good. find is that. These people at these companies are still people at the end of the day. So, you know, go to go to conferences, go to trade shows, meet face to face. I mean, uh, people people typically want to help is what I, what we've found. And as long as you're a nice person and um, considerate of their time and everything, I think these people with a lot of experience would be willing to open up some of that and share.
1: No, oh, that's awesome. Well, um, for those of you that haven't checked out Beatbox, I mean, let me just tell you, I did a search on their website, beatboxbeverages.com, and <laughs> you're everywhere, yeah. man. I mean, like, I can go to the Fairway Package, the BP Connect. I can go to this restaurant called McKenzie's. I can go to the Beverage Superstore, or I can go to BevMo, HB, Kroger, Rouse. I mean, Total Wine. I mean, you guys are everywhere. This is amazing. And I love that you got the search capability on your site. This is pretty awesome.
0: Uh, appreciate that and yes we encourage you i mean trying it is believing it <laughs> uh we're very excited we've just have our fresh watermelon flavor Ooh, launched now
1: that sounds so, awesome to be able to
0: pick that up yes the um the, the product is out and we've got several new products in the hoppers so stay tuned for those but uh very excited that's you have awesome. to tell me what you think after you I'm going uh, to. Have
1: actually, one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, last but not least, share with our audience um, where they can find you. Obviously, I mentioned your website, but mention some of your social um, platforms as well.
0: Sure. Um, on Instagram, we're at Beatbox Beverages. Uh, Facebook, we're there too. Twitter um, and Snapchat. All, all of the social platforms. Snapchat, wow. We've got, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we actually... Funny enough, we were the first company to put the Snapchat QR code right onto our packaging. So we would get people, someone bring out a box to a party in Michigan, and we would suddenly grow all these followers out in Michigan to people (laughs) scanning the box.
1: That is really cool. I love it. Well, hey, dude, this has been so great having you on the podcast. And I love your story. And I mean, I I, I think it's going to be fun to follow Brad. And uh, thanks so much for coming on.
0: Thanks. Thanks for
1: having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by
0: Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a Contender.